Hello and welcome to the Social Housing Podcast from Voicecape. I'm Peter Hudson and today I'm joined by a name and face familiar to many of you, Dave Loudon. Welcome, Dave. Hi, Peter. Thanks very, very much for the invitation. Hope it's nice and sunny where you are because it's not. <laughs> At this time of year in Manchester, that would be a stretch, I'll tell you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. So you're... Um, not at all. Not at all. You're a well-known face in the in the housing technology space. Um, you and I have met at several um, events um, over the years. But for those that don't know you, um, give us an introduction to Dave Loudon. Yeah, well, as you can hear, I'm Scottish. I've got a wide and varied background, Peter. Dedicated the last 20, just under 20 years to social housing. Before that, I was head of IT for oil and gas companies, telecoms companies. Went to university in Glasgow, family, and head over here. And that's me. I have run a number of, of companies within social housing, DTL Creative, that a lot of folk knew. Unfortunately, we went after some struggles during COVID. Tough time, tough time, Peter, but um, bounced back. I'm now doing my own thing with Digital Bark, which is going very, very well. So hopefully, we'll, um, we'll, we'll keep on that, that trajectory and, and do well for the sector. Yeah, absolutely. And what what strikes me in you know all of your roles, it's all about supporting the social housing sector, and it's clearly something that you're you're passionate about. Um, and you know, it's providing advice, providing support to an incredibly um, pressured uh, sector. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to come on to to the sector actually. I read um, a recent blog uh, that you wrote where you you answered the question: Why do you feel that as a sector we're a bit behind the times when it comes to utilising technology? And clearly, that's what Digital Bark's about. It's about promoting um, the use of technology in the sector. So talk talk to me about that and why did that blog piece come about? Well, it's interesting. I've actually wrote about that twice now. The first time I wrote about that was many many years ago, ten plus years ago, Peter. In fact, I'll try and punt it out because it's quite interesting when you look at what it was like 10 years ago to what it's like now. Yes, we're still behind, um, but we're behind in different areas. Um, whereas before, it was just the adoption of technology, just the latest and greatest technology and systems and doing it properly and doing digital transformation properly. In fact, 10 years ago, nobody talked about digital transformation. Digital was their word and there was IT business systems. Now, yeah. where I think we're behind isn't necessarily the, the adoption of technology. It's the adoption of technology to benefit the customer. <clears throat> Struggling a lot in, in, in society at the moment. And lots of people with the cost of living crisis and this as, as, as we go along. Fuel poverty, um, ASB is on the rise, um, complaints are rising, mold and damp is rising. So it's fair enough saying we've got technology there, but we're not adopting it as best we can in the light of the customer. And that's that's the challenge yeah. I'm posing to people now. So hopefully that gives you a yeah. very... I mean, you know, and I know, Peter, and I can talk about these things for hours. So that's my kind of concise answer, but if you want to delve into it more than happy. Yeah, I think, you know, I've got I've got some points there that I want to pick up on around digital transformation and about how technology should be serving not only um, the landlord, but also the landlord's customer, the tenant. Ultimately, that's what we're here to do. Um, and, and yeah, if you can, if you can find that um, that blog, I think what we'll try and do is link both of them below. And I think it'd be a really nice journey to show, you know, what decades meant um, to, to our response there. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, very good. So, you know, one thing that, you know, resistance to change is a recurring theme. And I think resistance to change um, will forever be a recurring theme in all walks of life. You know, we're human beings. We like uh, we like to know what's about to come next. We know predictability. So resistance to change is a recurring theme. So what do you think drives this culture, particularly with technology or digital transformation adoption in social housing? Do you think it's the, the fear of failure or, or maybe um, like a, a lack of um, innovative um, spirit, for want of a better phrase? Well, I'll cover a few things, but first of all, just to pick up on that comment you made there, which is fantastic, the fear of failure. Um, I've been talking about that a little bit recently, and there's a great event, the Disruptive Innovators Network, um, one's called My Big Fail, and we're doing the second one this year. Um, to be honest, I don't remember if he's actually done it, but I don't know whether the time this goes live or they will have done it. But it's a great... <laughs> The problem that we have as leaders in social policing, and I used to be a director, I mentioned that, and I've been a landlord as well, head of corporate services. And, and the fear of failure was 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 right. Um, and, and I think people should be encouraged to try things and should be not worried if they, they do fail in something. I'm not talking significant change, and I'm not talking about trying crazy things, but the culture is very important to allow people to be able at least to try and if they fail to learn the lessons from it. Um, going back to the, the, the original point is, yes, it is all about culture. It is all about how people are educated from the board down. I'm also lucky enough to be a board member of a landlord now. And we see that daily across the sector. And, and, you know, people should be encouraged to look at technology for what it can bring to the customer. But the fear yeah. of failure has to be eradicated because it is a very risk-averse sector, I, uh -huh. I believe. Listen, I get it. I get chief executives faced with many, many pressures, some of which I mentioned a few minutes ago, about whether they build, whether they don't build, whether they deal with such and such a thing or, or not. And it's the priority list. And if somebody comes along and says, I've got a system that can fix all of that, and they typically go, oh, I'm going to get time for that. The digital transformation is, is a thing where I think education, education to boards, to management teams. And I'm not talking about teaching people to suck eggs. I'm just talking about simple, this is what can be done. Peter, the phrase we use is out of the possible. Um, and, and, if, and, and I do a number of things like that. The landlords and the chief executives and management teams say, well, I didn't realise we could do that with compliance. Didn't realise we could do that with repairs, and you can do with logistics, you know, and, and, and optimization. So the tools are there. You go yeah. back to the earlier point. It's not that we're way behind now. We're slightly behind the curve rather than way behind the curve. So don't ask me to mention whether we're a year behind because I've given up saying whether we're years <laughs> behind. Who knows? Because technology changes so much, and we might we might well get into the AI side of things as well. But um, yeah, yeah. hopefully that answers your question a little bit. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, I, I've I've worked supporting social landlords for about 12 years now, and, I, and I've seen a huge um, shrink in the gap between commercial sector and social housing sector, you know, and, and I think that's been driven by two things. Um, so the speed of technology, um, innovation, but secondly, um, and that's been housing's appetite for bringing people from out of sector in. And I think that's really driven a lot of that entrepreneurial spirit, that innovative um, speed of adoption of technology. When we're starting to see people coming out saying, this is the art of the possible because I've done this at XY Bank or at 
you know, this oil company. Um, so I, I think, and I think that's really helped. And we've started to see uh, fundamental housing management system levels that that landscape has changed so much in the last five years. We've seen, we've seen Microsoft Dynamics, we've seen Salesforce come into play. Those weren't even words that we were talking about in that space five, 10 years ago. Um, so and along may that that continue to you know that's that's going to push you know the big six are going to be pushed you know because there's um there's, there's competition and that's going to drive innovation um i i think um totally agree with you peter yeah it's, it's interesting that, that just to pick up on one of your points there about looking at the sector and the landscape changing i'll be quite critical for a second if i may when i first went into social housing it was full of old men in gray suits mm-hmm. who were leading the organization there's much more yeah. females, there's much more younger people. Um, we're not there with diversity in the boardroom and the management team yet. Um, but what I would say is that, that, that the outlook is great. We once did a, an exercise many, many moons ago where we brought in retail, a retail organisation, uh, I can mention them, John Lewis, into a landlord to look at customer service. At the time, John Lewis were the exemplar of customer service. Yeah. And the, the landlord that we worked with on the CRM system was thinking, this is brilliant. If only we could do this with um, their customers, and they did. And yeah. they said, the satisfaction rose almost overnight. So there is, there is the ability to do that. I absolutely agree. Out of sector is an important thing to learn. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, digital transformation is so important for any sector to grow and modernise. And we've touched on that a little already. Um, And I think the social housing sector is or has been screaming out for change. We're starting to see that, you know, we're starting to see the tide turn. and, And that's great. And I think the more landlords that change, you know, hopefully that anxiety level, that fear of failure will start to come down. But, you know, you, you you are in a unique position where you get to speak to several landlords up and down the country every single day, every single week. So how well is it being adopted right now? What's the appetite for digital change? And can you give us, um, you know, and how can others, I suppose, learn from that best practice that you're starting to see out there right now? Yeah, it is actually, but it is absolutely buzzing at the moment. The mm. There is a lot of great initiatives out there, a lot of great innovation. Yeah, creativity, people using technology better and, and wisely. All of the digital transformation, I mentioned 10 minutes ago that there wasn't a word that was used a great deal some years ago, but digital transformation is at the top of the agenda now yeah. for a lot of organisations, and I think that's a couple of factors to play there. The first one is coming out of COVID, people realised that they were um, not as... Um, they weren't utilising technology as best as they could be, and they've seen how people could work remotely. Uh, I don't want to get into that argument of whether they should work remote anymore or whether they should feel bad whatever. Um, so that's the first thing that, 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 unfortunately, or fortunately, the pandemic actually created a, a kind of momentum in technology yeah. that has never been seen before with the rest uh-huh. of one event. The second one is that people are, as time goes on, their legacy systems are not cutting the mustard, let's say. Yeah. Um, so they're looking for new systems, new ways of doing things. And that's what digital transformation is about. It's about applying digital services. Again, a lot of the audience will know what it is, but it's about applying digital services to operations and to benefit the customer, whether that's 
whether that's a contractor or whether that's somebody internally. That's an important thing. Digital transformation isn't just about bringing in systems that actually say this will make my life easier in the, t- in the landlord yeah. as, a, as a customer um, and a channel customer. I can do my job faster and easier and I can see all the data in front of me with a lovely, beautiful dashboard now and I don't have to rely on that manual spreadsheet. But what I can do now is say it doesn't just benefit me, it benefits the customer. And I'm, yeah. I will probably harp on a bit about that today because this is what's important. And digital transformation is is the number one tool to do that. I'm absolutely convinced. And going back again, another question was, um, are our landlords doing it? Um, yes. Um, are landlords doing it well? Yes and no. Yeah. Is there a, a number of landlords that are not doing it? Yes. The smaller ones, the smaller to medium-sized landlords are not adopting technology as quick as I would think they should do. Uh-huh. It's fine for me to spend other people's money, but um, if they're budgeting now for next April onwards um, or the years beyond that, digital transformation has to be at the top of the agenda. Yeah. Fix so many things. Yeah, I'm actually going to jump forward a little bit, Dave, because you made such a good point there that I can't, um, I can't not jump on it. And I think that traditionally the sector, um, and when I say the sector, I mean the, the technology providers to the sector have been really quite guilty of focusing on what the benefits to the landlord are going to be. And when we do that, you know, we focus on return on investment. We talk about um, efficiency gain. You know, how's this going to affect my offices? But really. Um, what you're saying, and I completely agree with, is our customer's customer should be our focus. We should be focusing on how is this adoption of technology, the digital transformation, really going to make a difference to the lives of the people that are living in those homes. Um, so talk to me about that. And I suppose if and where possible, give me some examples. Where have you seen great adoption? adaption of technology, adoption of technology um, to, to, yep. to, to support tenants? Well, first of all, I think that the important area is that when you're looking at digital transformation and adopting the technology, the first thing to think about is, I mean, this is not so much technical, but as a, a, a certainly well-used way, certainly in the States, um, and, and if you bear with me here, um, to do that when you're looking at systems and when you're looking at digital transformation, my belief is that the way people were doing it before was on a service design, orientated design. So they were all about the service they were given, whether it was ASB, silo, whether it was rents, voids, you know, whether it was um, dealing with repairs and so on. Um, that's, I think, slightly wrong. Uh, and the reason I think that's wrong is because there's another way of doing it, and it's called customer-centric design when you're looking at digital transformation. You put the customer right at the front. You don't ignore your internal customers, but the customer um, is is important, extremely important. And that will link up to uh, one example of how it's been adopted. Not so much a system or a piece of technology, although that has been applied, but there's some people... Um, well, the first example that comes to mind is a lady I used to work with at Alliance Homes when I was the interim CIO there, uh, Naomi Sweeting, who was with Grand Union. Yeah. And I don't know if, if you know Grand Union, they may even be customer, I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, Aileen, yeah. Aileen Evans um, has been driving with Naomi once she came in on the whole segmentation aspect of u- utilising data and technology mm. to understand the customer more. And I, I, I think that's um, 
one of the most significant sea changes in the sector. I mean, they're not the only ones doing it, but they're certainly, in my opinion, the leaders in doing it. Yeah. Um, and they're doing a great job there. There, There is other initiatives around, um, and there's a bit of a theme here around data, where there's one of the great adopters of, of a kind of joint data policy. And, and, and I'm a big fan of people, of, of, of landlords working together where they can. I'm not talking big data here. I'm not talking about everyone sharing services with the same systems. Um, but what I'm talking about is um, Whittingshaw and the Greater Housing, uh, the Greater, can we get this right? The Greater Manchester Housing Partnership. Yeah. Some of them have got together. You may be aware of this. And, and I know uh-huh. Jovian Smiley has is, 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 is been a significant part of his team in Whittingshaw. Um, that's a great example of how bettering the customer experience through understanding the data. And yeah. only when you have good data can you have good systems, you know. Um, so it's understanding and it's going down the depths of understanding the, the, the layers underneath the systems with many, Peter, many more examples of good systems deployment. Um, but what I would say is rather than naming a system or a supplier, a landlord is that I'm seeing a lot more um, startup businesses and um, best of breed solutions and, and all sorts of areas whether it's, um, you mentioned Salesforce, okay, fair enough. You mentioned, um, what, um, you know, Dynamics and the CRM suites there and, and the tools and so on. But there's loads of other smaller organisations that are coming into the sector now. And I think that's a great thing because they, they bring with it a customer-centric design more than a, a traditional housing service design. And they have experience, as you mentioned earlier, in other sectors. So you can see when I'm coming here, coming from it's it's about innovation it's about trying things and i'm not suggesting a best of breed approach and systems design is, is is the ideal i'm saying you do what's right for you and if you may give me another minute peter um what's important in these areas is um is that you look at it sensibly you know I, i'm a technologist i apply technology to business solutions and i find what's best for the customer and we deploy it and we transform the business digital transformation. However, yeah. there's some business necessities there. Um, you have to have value for money. You have to look at ROI and you have to look at the total cost of ownership of all of these things. I love those three acronyms. But if you get them together, then then the management team, especially the finance director, will love you because you're thinking, I'm getting some return for this. I'm not just yeah. a customer. I'm getting some savings and I'm getting some efficiencies. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. there's lots of examples out there. No, absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned Naomi. So you're, you're right; they are they are a customer of ours, and I think the re- the reason that Grand Union um, became a customer so quickly is they they very quickly realised that their drive for this psychographic segmentation, that is understanding individual tenants and then delivering a service that's specific to them, so aligns with what we're doing with caseload managers. So it was like a, a meeting of uh, minds there. So um, for those that are listening and want to know more about Naomi's work, I actually presented with Naomi on Mapbed's um, social housing roundtable recently. So again, we'll pop the link um, below, but she delivers an incredibly powerful um, talk about the use of, um, the effective use of data and actually um, really understanding the needs of specific tenants rather than making broad assumptions, um, which is which is fascinating. And another person I would point people towards is um, Hannah Harvey, uh, formerly of uh, Saffron Housing and and and, and their um, desire to use um, effective 
data and understand insights so that they can provide customer-centric services. It's so powerful. Um, there was a, there's another podcast in this list with with Hannah, which I think going down that route is well worth uh, well worth having a, a listen to. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and, and, and coming on to that data piece, um, you know, and I've just talked, you know, and it's just really just a, you, your thoughts on this, Dave, rather than asking you to speak at, at length for 20 minutes about it, as the other two uh, did. But, you know, what challenges do, do landlords face in managing such vast amounts of data, you know, ones and O's? I, I met with a landlord recently that holds, has a data lake, um, of, I think it was six billion lines of data. You know, what are you going to do with that? You know, what challenges the landlords face? You know, the responsibility of that much data and getting anything useful from it. What a horribly teasing question this is, because this is something I want to speak for hours about, and I'm allowed a couple of minutes. And I'm, <laughs> I can, I can summarise it to a degree because if I focus in ever so slightly for the. The thousands of smaller to medium landlords, um, maybe those around a thousand, slightly less than a thousand to a couple of thousand. Um, in fact, can I give you one example? It's it's somebody I've been working yes, with. Yes, please. I'm not going to name them, but I'm sure they wouldn't mind me talking about them because they are in need of some help. It's it's um, about seven hundred properties. It's a landlord where um, when we started looking at the the data and where it all sits. Um, and what systems they use, they have um, too many systems for a start, which provides too much data and too much unmanaged, as what other people would call unstructured data. Uh-huh. Um, they, have, um, they, they don't even have data as such, because what they do to manage voids is a whiteboard, right? Unbelievably, and then, but but they're doing something about it. So you know, we're they are they are critical as well. This is not me bashing them. For every single area of compliance, whether it be gas, electric, fire, etc., they have a separate spreadsheet with data in it. Um, and we, you know, people like me will always talk about spreadsheets as bad things. Listen, don't get me wrong. I love spreadsheets myself, and when I do it in my own business from time to time, yeah. and what I don't do is rely my whole business and my customer service on. On, on, on a spreadsheet. So the pockets of, of silos and data sits everywhere. And that's one of the biggest challenges, Peter, is it's, it's unstructured data. Um, now, there's tools out there that can manage unstructured data as well as structured. And But the problem is that a lot of people aren't even approaching data as a valuable asset. And that's, mm. the, that's the biggest problem. It's not so much yeah. the data and how they manage it. It's the fact that they don't see it as important. But they're being told more and more, and I'm getting calls and people are getting, as you said earlier, I talk to a number of landlords on a regular basis as part of my role, whatever that is. And I, and I do know uh, that people are desperate to do something about it. And there's a number of reasons. The legalities of the data is, is, is a lot more yeah. important and critical than it used to be. I was at a data event um, in Clear Person recently. And, and that was um, really where a number of landlords came together, and a few people like sector came together to talk about data and data protection. So people are getting bombarded left, right, and centre by having to do things with data. But I would say to answer the question, which is um, a really valuable one, is it's still not right at the top of the agenda. But you can see the problem already in this discussion today. So you, if you're a small landlord and you don't have a, a CIO you probably don't you don't even have an IT manager 
and you have a, a person in corporate services and a finance manager dealing with the IT, they're getting told they need to do digital transformation. They're getting told they need to do more with insight. They're getting told to do more with data. They're getting told that their, their contract with the housing management system supplier is running out and they don't know what to do. And before you know it, there's a, there's a foggy cloud around them of confusion. Yeah. Um, but data has to be right up there. It, it's the number one, apart from your people, I would say data is the most critical asset an organization has. Yeah. And you've heard the older guys rubbish in, rubbish out. Sometimes it's, you know, a little bit better than that. But it's, um, but, you know, if you don't manage the data, and my pet hate, I don't know if I've told you this before, but my pet hate is the word data cleansing. <laughs> what is data cleansing? You know, it, you know, it, it, anyway. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, completely. And I think, you know, you can, you know, the, the, the example you gave there, the landlord, you know, 700 uh, stock, you, you, you can start to see that, you know, a lot of the technology solutions that are out there might be, to use another um, analogy, uh, a sledgehammer to crack a walnut. So they might not be suitable for, for, a, for a landlord of that size. That said, um, the, there's, there's a risk for a landlord of that size if they're managing, you know, voids on one sp- spreadsheet, gas no access on another spreadsheet, ASB on another spreadsheet, that they're missing an opportunity to derive from data what I think is the most critical um, thing, and that's actionable insight. It's, you know, it's not looking at the ones and O's and the lines of data. It's actually, what can I do with that? What, what meaningful activity can my housing officer do to, to make the life of that tenant better or to make, make the, um, the condition of that property better what acts insight can we take so for me and that kind of leads on to my next question which is really quite simple what are the potential consequences of landlords not using data and actual insight effectively um well i think yeah whether it actually applies to this case i'm not sure but i think it probably does somewhere down the line data and systems and communication and process are all part of the same thing really you know, if I can step back from my example a little bit, um, one of the one of the issues that, pe- that the landlords face is around um, communication, right, with tenants. Um, and to be able to communicate, you need to. So, how does it benefit the customer by having good data? Well, if it's in a structured, managed, easy to get to place, you can give the customer information immediately. You can give them an answer when the repairs getting done. You can give them an answer when the the, the follow up meeting might be. Too many times I've been in landlords and councils over the years where I'm sitting in IT or I'm sitting somewhere and I'm sometimes next to the customer service people and they're talking to landlords and talking to customers and I'm thinking, I can't even things like, oh, I'll need to get back to you once I find that information, Mr. Loudon. I'll need to get back to you once I talk to you or I'll get somebody to phone you back. Now, I'm going to bring something up um, and, and which is quite emotive in a way because the sector recently, there was a landlord that was criticised for a tenant suicide um, after they had complained for years around noisy neighbour. And the person, the tenant, vulnerable, was certainly vulnerable, had struggled with mental health issues. Uh-huh. And the, the, the landlord did not deal with it very well. I'm not suggesting that the data was there or the communication was easier through systems. I'm not suggesting that by any means. Just imagine, just imagine if some of the answers yeah. they were given to that poor man were because they couldn't find the information, they couldn't give him an answer, and because the system wasn't there. 
and that's what that's what's worrying me these days. There's yeah. people. There's also, and 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 I can get quite um, emotive about these things because I'm passionate about the sector and I grew up in social housing. I know what it's like, but I also know that there's other areas like compliance, for example. Gas explosions have been up and down the country every yeah. year. So it's too many, way too many. Destitute and, and, and appropriate and adequate fire door safety. And you put all these things together and you think, well, is that systems? Is data? Somewhere down the line, somebody's going to say, and if they're in front of a, a judge um, or a court, they're going to say, but I didn't have the data to hand. Yeah. Look, look at look at just what's happening with the government right now on COVID. This is it's a similar they're all saying I don't have the data because my WhatsApp message would be <laughs> you know, it's um I'm not gonna get political, but it's it's kind of um similar. You need to use the data to help people. Um and and there's many examples, but compliance is one the, the big super landlord that, that had the suicide with the been able to deal with that better if they had better systems. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I do worry about it, and I do worry that we're going to see more of this as, as time goes on. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's um, a sad but inevitable um, <laughs> position we're 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 in, and I think you know with um, social media and um, the, the the focus right now from the wider media on on social housing. We're going to hear more about it, um, and and I think to paint that quite bleak picture of what is the the missed opportunity and the missed opportunity is to make sure that our homes are safer that people are able to thrive in their homes that they feel safe that they feel listened to um and technology and data can really elevate that experience for for, for, for tenants so i think if i think about my initial question you know that that fear of fear of failure or what's the other question it's the fear fear of never trying right um and and you know and i think as a technology provider to the sector um and as, as a voice in that space i think you know my, my message to people is to absolutely um consider rather than what's the fear of failure what's the fear of not trying um and i think you you know everything you said i think we're on very much on the same page there dave so it's uh yeah yeah very good um well, we know what, Dave. We're running up to about uh, the half hour mark, so I, I wanted to I wanted to to leave this this um, final question with you. So, and given everything we've talked about, and your you know your 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 years of experience in the technology social housing space, what message would you like to leave for social landlords regarding their appetite for adopting new technology? The the, the first message, well, the message is learn to talk to people like me. Talk to other consultants. Talk to people like you, and get on LinkedIn. Listen to what people are saying. There's groups, and none of this costs anything to give somebody a quick call and say, "What do you think about this?" There's podcasts like yours. There's the Social Housing Roundtable. There's many other forums. Get using these information streams and learn what technology can do, and don't just doubt it. Um, I think there's too much of that, um, or we can't. You know, it's always been this way. We'll just keep doing it that way. But I think education. I think reducing the fear by talking to people, talking to people that we have mentioned in this call today, um, like, you know, um, Hannah, Naomi and others, and, and, and Adrian, um, Jovian, sorry, not Adrian, I don't know where Adrian came from. <laughs> you know, and, and just talk to people, learn that this, it's not as scary as it could be. And it's not, and here's the other thing, it's not as expensive as it should be either, mm. or as it could be, sorry, not should be. 
but yeah, I, I think just to reduce that fear is go out there and learn what the art of the possible is and ask yeah. questions, join groups, yeah. listen to pod- podcasts and, and start learning. No, I think you're absolutely imagine. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, completely. And, you know, Ian, Ian's doing an amazing thing there with the Disruptive Innovators Network, you know, and it's it's that sort of, um, yeah, big, big fan as well, presented recently at his um, mm-hmm. Blink of an AI, which was an, an incredible event down in London. But I think, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I talked earlier about people coming in from out of sector. And the first thing they will say to you is what an incredible sector everybody is willing to share. You know, you go into the corporate world and you're doing well, you're never going to tell you you know, your, your local competitor, what you're doing. This sector, people are more than happy to invite you into their office, to jump on a Teams call, to pick up the phone, to provide a written reference um, about an amazing experience they've had adopting a technology platform, adopting a new way of engaging, adopting a new way of assessing fire safety, things like that. So I couldn't agree with you more, Dave. You know, it's about education. It's about using the resources in the sector that the amazing sector that we we both work in and support i had one thing to that and for god's sake put some money aside because it does cost something get some budgets out there for technology yeah. and digital strategies yeah um, I, you know it would be great if everything was free in this world but it's not but i think it has to be on the priority list yeah i know i know the challenges there peter yeah. open to the question yeah, it really does. Dave, I know you've got some amazing online resources. Where can we find you? What's the uh, the website? Well, the website for Digital Bank is www.digitalbank.co.uk. As you know, and many folk know, I'm prevalent. And somebody called me Mr. LinkedIn the other day there. <laughs> so just look for Dave Loudon on LinkedIn and you'll see me spouting all sorts of advocacy on how technology can benefit the customer and social housing. There you go. Brilliant. I couldn't agree more. That's how, uh, you know, I, I was first aware of you and um, that's how we started this conversation. So, uh, yeah, LinkedIn it is. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it's still not sunny here, Dave. I'm not sure uh, how it is with you. but uh, I'm disappointed, but the sun is coming out in Edinburgh. Oh, blimey. Amongst all the you know, nice hues of blue and yellow and green leaves falling off the trees. I've got a bit of sunshine in my hand. I wish I'd never looked up to the sun now because now <laughs> sorry about that hey absolute absolute pleasure dave it's been brilliant so yeah thanks ever so much and uh we'll uh we'll speak very soon no doubt no trouble